Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Dave V, Jared W, and Andy J. Craig Perry has returned to the show. Craig is president, CEO, and director at ISO Energy, an exploration stage company focused on uranium in the Athabasca Basin region of Canada. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol ISO and also on the U.S. OTC markets under the symbol I-S-E-N-F. Craig, welcome back to the show. Hi, Andrew. Good to be back. Well, Craig, where are we with uranium at this point? Uh, it appears a good chunk of investors and traders are tired. Um, what are you hearing within your contacts and thoughts on the market at this point? Well, you, you look, it's, it continues to be relatively tough, I suppose, Andrew. We, you know, we've been in this downturn for the better part of seven years now post Fukushima, although, you, you know, people point to Fukushima as the major problem. We think the major problem really was, of course, Kazatomprom uh, flooding the market with, with their pounds of uranium when they, they got their major mines into production back in sort of 2009 and 2010. And so that still continues to wash, wash over the sector in a way. Um, but we've started to see uh, all of the supply side shocks and cutbacks that, that needed to happen to correct that. So, you know, and that's all starting to, to wash through the market. There has been for the last couple of years, of course, back in 2018, midway through 2018, Cameco closed the giant MacArthur River mine, the world's biggest uranium mine. Uh, and that, uh, you, you know, I think has put us back on the right footing for the sector. Uh, and we've seen uranium prices start to rise off that bottom of about $17 a pound uh, to now up to about $25 a pound. Um, and of course, Cameco are in the market buying pounds to meet their long-term commitments. Uh, and we think that that will continue to have an impact. It's been a little bit slow to have that impact over the past six months, uh, but we understand talking to our friends at, at Cameco recently that they'll continue that buying program. Uh, and we all expect prices to rise pretty strongly in the not too distant future. And what would you say to investors who have been in the sector maybe for a couple of years now that are starting to question their thesis, starting to question the whole uranium thing and uh, are, are growing impatient? Yes, well, look, we're in that same boat, of course, being investors personally ourselves. And um, all we can say is that it's really a matter of hanging in there. Uh, you know, these things don't last for too long, um, the, the the typical turnaround in any sector uh, in the mining space we think is probably two to three years. And so we've been in that really low price environment for about two or two and a half years now. So um, and and the, the the pain the industry had to go through that that's happened. So uh, it's a matter of hanging in there. And and I suppose very importantly, and and Rick Rule speaks very eloquently on, on this. We enjoy listening to what Rick's got to say is that getting in early is an issue but when you when you're dealing in the uranium sector where when we do get a market the returns are extraordinary uh you've only got to look back to 2000 for the from the period from 2004 to 2007 uh you're talking about many times your money invested in terms of returns uh, on equity 
So, uh, you know, you, you want to be invested now. Uh, you want to be invested at these very low equity prices uh, because when it does turn, it turns very quickly uh, and the prices rise, uh, you know, outperform every other sector by some margin. So uh, for us, it's a question of sticking to our knitting, hanging in there, encouraging our investors to do the same uh, and, you know, safe in the knowledge that these prices, these low prices can't last for too much longer. Now, you've just started up a drill program over at the Hurricane Zone Discovery. What is the plan here, Craig, and what do you expect coming out of this as far as results? Yeah, so look, this is our most aggressive program to date. Um, we are uh, we're in the process. We, we actually started the program earlier this week, so we, we're getting down to um, to sort of the, the depth that we want to on, on the first couple of holes. Previously, you know, we've done two significant drill campaigns with one one drill rig. We've drilled 29 holes to date. We've defined a 500-metre-long high-grade mineralised zone at our uh, Hurricane Discovery. Uh, so we're looking to extend that. Uh, we're looking to do some infill drilling. Uh, if people look to our website there, uh, www.isoenergy.ca, uh, our presentation defines our outlines this pretty well, as well as some of our most recent news releases. We'll be drilling in and around some very high-grade intercepts that we've got there. We haven't we've we've closed off only one section, and we haven't closed the deposit off on strike. So we've got to do all of that work. Uh, and you know you can never guarantee uh, good drill results, uh, but the fact that we're drilling around high-grade mineralisation means that we should have pretty strong news flow over the next couple of months. So look out for all of that. And then the other rig we've got out to the east, we've got a very uh, significant anomaly. Both uh, we, we drilled one hole, our hole 26, out on an, uh, the edge of an anomaly, a resistivity anomaly to the east that sits on the structure that controls that mineralisation at Hurricane and over at Cameco's La Rock uh, North deposit. That, um, you know, we're targeting, uh, we, we hold 26 hits some uh, elevated uranium and very, uh, very strong geochemistry and, alter, and, and, a, and a major alteration zone. So we're drilling around that as well. So we're looking forward to seeing what we hit over there. And we've got a plan to drill along that conductor further out to the east. So uh, if we hit out there, well, that will be a significant uh, discovery in itself. So we're looking, uh, looking to do that. So we've got two rigs going. Lots of news flow over the next uh, six to eight weeks. And Craig, regarding the hurricane zone, do you see that the zone extends beyond the property boundary to the west at this point, or are we too early to tell? Good question. Well, no. Uh, look, we, we do know that Cameco, you know, that, uh, these deposits often occur in that sort of string of the, the much overused string of pearls analogy and six kilometres down to the southwest of our property. Cameco has their Laroque deposit that... Uh, you know, the best intercept that Cameco had there was uh, seven metres at 29.9% U308, so stonking grade intersection there. And then across uh, only a, about a kilometre and a half away from our uh, hurricane zone, you've got uh, Cameco's La Rock North deposit. Now, they haven't done much work there, but, but they've certainly had some good mineralised intercepts. Um, and, you know, everything points to the fact that, uh, that, that, that Hurricane probably continues to the west and onto that property. We'll know that in a, in a couple of weeks. We're drilling out to that property boundary to see what we've got out there. Um, you know, we've spoken to Cameco about that property a number of times. Uh, we'd love to see them, love to encourage them to do some work there and, and, and see what else is across the property boundary. Of course, the more interest we can generate, the better.
Any plans for other property work, uh, perhaps at Geiger Radio Thorburn during 2020, Craig? Yeah, look, we're very much, you know, I suppose very since we started the company, very much focused on getting as much of our investor dollars into drill holes as we can. And so with that discovery, that allows us to do that and we're focused there. That's where our investors get the best bang for their buck uh, with us hitting mineralised intercepts and improving up a deposit over time. So our focus is very much on on Hurricane and on the La Roque East property more broadly. Um, you know, we've ranked and prioritised again all of our properties in the last six months. Um, there are, you know, we've got to do a little bit of um, uh, assessment credit type work to keep properties in good standing. So we'll continue to do that um, and start to prove up more and more targets out there. You know, um, if you look, probably our, our second priority property there at the moment would be our uh, Thorburn Lake property. Again, only six or seven kilometres to the east and long strike from uh, the giant Cigar Lake deposit. Uh, we've got some very interesting anomalies there that have never been drilled. We did a little bit of drilling there a couple of years ago and hit some mineralisation, but, but nothing to uh, continue on with there at that particular time. Uh, but we'll, we'll get out there and continue to um, uh, test those in, in due course as well. Uh, but I, I think, you know, for the time being, uh, our, our best um, hope is to, to, to continue to focus our efforts on that uh, hurricane deposit. So the company acquired Collins Bay and Edge properties in October 2019. What's the reasoning behind this move? And going forward, is the company keeping its acquisitions limited to the east side Athabasca Basin? Yeah, excellent question. Look, we, we uh, our, our focus on acquisitions, we, we have been out there and we've done a few deals in recent times. Of course, La Rock East was a, a very good example of that. We acquired that in May 2018. Uh, we had a drill rig out there. Uh, we, we acquired that off Cameco for $300,000 worth of stock. We had a drill rig on the ground six weeks later and announced the discovery of the hurricane zone uh, two weeks after that. So, you know, that was a very effective acquisition for us. However, our focus is more on lower cost uh, acquisition of ground. So we've been very active in staking. Now it's it's very competitive to get ground in that eastern Athabasca because it is so uh, well endowed with uranium deposits. Uh, but we've got some um, tools and approaches that allow us to beat off the competition there. Uh, and so Edge, Collins Bay extension, very good good sort of example of what we're doing with our strategy. That Collins Bay extension, you know, that covers the fault and structure that hosts some of the world's great deposits and really MacArthur River, Cigar Lake uh, and on to, to Eagle Point and Collins Bay all sit within that corridor, but particularly Collins Bay and Eagle Point. Um, you know, they're only a few kilometres away, so being able to stake that ground was very appealing to us. So we're excited to get to that, get that ground. Um, and we'll, we'll turn some of our attention to that, but we're, you know, we've got to do some early stage work. It's probably a year or so away before we have drill targets there. Um, and then the other thing about that strategy, uh, and to answer your question on, on where our focus is, Look, we've left the, the, the western part of the basin largely to our, our major shareholder, NextGen Energy. Of course, NextGen owns 52% of the company and continues to support us greatly. Um, our focus is more on this eastern side of the basin. Uh, we think that the eastern part of the basin is very much underexplored, if at all, for basement-hosted deposits. 
Um, there have been a few discovered, of course, but not many. Steve Blower, our Vice President of Exploration, actually led the team to discover the Griffin Deposit, which is an example out in the east there, owned by Denison and, and makes up part of that Wheeler River uh, deposit that they've got there in Denison. So we know that there are basement hosted deposits in this area. There's not been any systematic and thorough exploration for them. And so that's what we're doing. We're taking some of our knowledge from both Griffin, uh, our knowledge from the Arrow deposit that NextGen's uh, developing and employing it out here. And you know, very importantly, you can see that uh, on our presentation and website there, we're building up uh, a bigger land position in that northeastern shoulder of the eastern Athabasca, if you like, around Rough Rider, north of Rough Rider, around our La Roque East property. Uh, and that being because we see that as the most underexplored uh, and highest potential for new discoveries, um, that, those zones there and the, that area. So we'll continue to build our position there as much as we can uh, and just continue to, to work hard at exploring those properties that we've got. And where are we on capital structure, Craig, as far as shares outstanding, cash on hand at this point, and major shareholders that are still on the roster? We've been around for four years, so we've still got a relatively tight structure. We're doing things as, um, you know, trying to preserve our, our capital structure as much as possible and not dilute our shareholders. Uh, we've only got 84 million shares out today. Uh, not many warrants. We haven't had to issue many warrants so far. Um, so we're in a neat position there. We've got 7 million in cash. We did a, a placement uh, for, for 6.7 million back in early December last year, heavily supported by NextGen. NextGen contributed 2.9 million of that. Um, we had a, a number of flow-through funds come in as well. And then uh, CQS, uh, one of our shareholders out of London, major fund there, they, they supported that placement as well, as well as Steve Blower and myself. We continue to subscribe to each new placement that we do. Um, so that puts us in a neat position. Not bad going for Uranium Junior in the current market to raise $7 million uh, at this point in time. So that sets us up very well to do all of that work we've got to do. Um, without uh, and you know we've managed to do it at a, a, a pretty good share price that, that sees uh, not too much dilution and that leaves us with a share register that reads a little bit like a who's who of the uranium space you know we've got next gen there with 52 percent cameco continue to hold about four percent we think arano sits there with about two percent they've acquired their stake in the company through our, our deals and property acquisitions um, so you know we've got those majors there cameco tell us that they're happy to sit there with that interest uh, because it, it gives them a, a you know a foot on some on the company if we uh, if we make a major discovery that's of interest to them and then outside of that we've got a number of institutional investors I mentioned CQS there uh, and a number of other instos so sticky sort of money so the free floats very very minor really probably only 20 to 25 percent so what that means is that um, there's a lot of talk uh, in our in our share structure and share price and, and whenever we put out good results or uh, or we get uh, an improvement in the uranium price we tend to outperform um, and you know that's pertinent to this conversation because as I say we'll be drilling in and around known mineralization over the next few weeks and putting out uh, plenty of news flow and um, so that talk that we offer to shareholders is is, is crucial at the moment. Now, NextGen has been supportive of ISO Energy, as you've mentioned, Craig, uh, when the company raises capital. Do you see NextGen continuing to be supportive of the company going forward? And do you see the company raising additional capital in 2020? NextGen, incredibly supportive. Of course, Lee Courier, CEO of NextGen, is, is our chairman here. 
Uh, Lee's got a, you know, in modern times, an unprecedented track record of, of delivering discoveries in, in the basin and advancing projects. Um, you, you know, at Nextgen, I'm still an advisor to Nextgen. I stepped off the board uh, to focus on ISO energy now that we've got this significant discovery at Hurricane uh, last year. I also made way for Brad Wall, uh, who the former the, the former Premier of Saskatchewan, beloved Premier, uh, if you can say that about a, uh, a politician. So, um, you know, NextGen are very, very supportive of what we're doing. I think Lee's got a vision of building the, the world's best and biggest uranium company. Uh, and of course, you need a portfolio or a pipeline of projects to do that. And I think NextGen, uh, sorry, ISO Energy fits within that sort of scenario, if you like. Uh, they're very excited by what they see at Hurricane and hence continue to, to support us thoroughly and, and write some very big checks uh, to, to keep the team on the pitch and to keep us drilling. So, you know, great, great support there. Do you guys see the need to raise capital in 2020? If we see this sort of market continuing to trudge along and, and not improve in any major way, you start to question whether you should be putting out good drill results into that and, and not be not see your shareholders rewarded for them. So we've gone into something of a, a conservation mode when it comes to capital, very much focused on only drilling. Uh, we're well-funded for all of the year for the program that we've got, well, programs we've got planned at the moment. Um, and look, we, of the, the capital that we raised last year, uh, 2.9 million of that was were, were in hard dollars, so that gives us about three over three million dollars of hard dollars at the moment. So that gives us really two to three years of runway on the hard dollar front, where where we won't need to raise money. So at this stage, no intentions of raising capital this year at all. Um, if we continue to expand that deposit and see a market, um, then we might look to raise a little bit more flow through at the end of the year to keep keep draw rigs going. Uh, into the new year, but at this part, at this stage, we're fully funded for for the next 12 months and and well beyond that, really, as well. So, so no uh, no plans now to to raise capital. And a little more on that, Craig. What is being done specifically on the GNA and operating cost front to preserve the capital structure while we move through these market lows in both price and sentiment? Is management planning to press forward regardless? of the market conditions or is there a desire to put the brakes on while holding out for a better condition in the market? Oh, there's a, probably an element of both, but uh, at the moment, really, I think we'll, you know, we'll push on because we do have more work to do. And one of the things that we do like to pride ourselves on is that we're not just explorers, we are developers. Um, you know, I've, I've been involved in a number of developments throughout my career. And, and so what we want to do is advance our projects uh, steady as she goes, not not spend too much money and not not get in front of ourselves, but but at a steady pace, drill the de drill the deposit out and and move uh, forward with resources and and should should it support it and on on the development uh, uh, at a at a fairly steady tack. So that's that that's our thinking at the moment. Um, you know, I'd hate to say that uh, we we'd put anything on hold. Uh, but I suppose if we see the uranium price fall from here, which we think is highly unlikely, then we might consider that. But at the moment, uh, we'll just keep pushing on steady, uh, steadily and, and advancing our project in a metered fashion. Craig, and how are you exposed to this uranium market? Speaking beyond ISO energy, can you share some thoughts for investors as to where and how you are personally placing your capital to express your view in uranium? And how big is uranium in your total investment portfolio? 
Yeah, good, good question, and then happy to answer that. Um, you know, I'm a significant shareholder there at NextGen, having been a co-founder with Lee and, and Chris McFadden. Um, you, you know, we've still got all of our stock in in NextGen, um, and uh, so that, you know, that that's that's my my major holding, I suppose, and and through that, I do have a, a more significant holding in ISO uh, or exposure to ISO than you otherwise might see. Uh, but so far, I've subscribed in, I think, all but one of ISO's uh, placements. So, you know, I've certainly written checks for some significant amounts of capital into the company over the last three and a half years since we started ISO. Uh, and you'll continue to see that, you know, my biggest personal holding in anything, including, uh, I think, outside of our home is, uh, is, is in NextGen and ISO Energy. So, you know, we're, we're fully exposed. Um, I've never, my personal thesis on, on investing is um, buy, pro, buy properties, buy projects and companies that have the downside protected in, in a, you know, contrarian way, a counter-cyclical way. And both of those companies, NextGen and ISO, fit the bill completely. You know, we've been in this, this downturn for a long time. We know the market can't support um, current uranium production at current prices. Uh, you, you know, it's in a fundamentally undersupplied market in that the global demand for uranium is about 180 to 190 million pounds a year, and primary supply today is somewhere between 90 and 100 million pounds a year. So we're, we're in a situation where the market's undersupplied by, by a factor of 50%, completely unsustainable. So we know that prices have to come back at some point in time, and when you, when you get a uranium bull market, they're the most spectacular things. Uh, of course, you know, back in 2007, we saw companies like Paladin, uh, that company wrote, uh, delivered shareholders not 200%, but 200 times their money invested. So they're a great thing, uh, a, a great risk-reward profile, uh, profile there or risk-reward equation in uranium companies. So we love to be invested in uranium. That's why we started NextGen back in 2011. ISO in 2016. So we're, we're true true believers, I suppose. Um, and so that's our, you know, certainly my biggest uh, investment exposure is, is in the uranium sector and specifically in those two companies. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us, Craig. For potential investors who are listening and even existing shareholders, uh, why should they get on board with ISO Energy for the first time now and even add to their position at these current levels? Yeah, great question. Look, the, the fundamental thing for us is that, um, you know, there's not many companies left in the uranium space. Probably we think only about 30 that you would consider worthy of, of investing in com uranium companies that are, that are active. Some of those guys have got, you know, pounds in the ground. Some of them have got development uh, pathways, if you like. Um, for ISO Energy, we're a unique story and, and a unique play for investors at the moment in that we're the only uranium company with a new high-grade uranium discovery that we're drilling as we speak. Uh, and we'll be putting those results out over the next uh, two to three months. So um, if, you, if you like exploration exposure and uh, you, you think drill results, uh, you know, high-grade intercepts, uh, uranium intercepts will impact the market, then there's one place to come and that's ISO Energy. And how can the audience reach out to you, Craig, for more information and to the company? Please contact us. You, you know, we've, we've got um, 
a website, as I mentioned there, isoenergy.ca. Uh, my email address, cparry at isoenergy.ca. Uh, you can ring us on plus one seven seven eight three seven nine three two one one. Uh, and you can also contact us through our uh, investor relations people at ISO at kincommunications.com. Craig, I appreciate you coming on to update us about uh, ISO Energy. Appreciate that. Good luck. And uh, I look forward to speaking later on this year with you. Andrew, real pleasure as always. Thank you very much. And thanks to your listeners.